Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. right on past without grasping everything he's done. It's a danger that we all face, drifting, this idea of drifting. It happens to Christians all the time, in my experience. You see, one day your faith in God seems stable and solid, and and then you wake up and realize it's not stable and solid anymore. As a matter of fact, it's kind of unstable and a little bit weak and wobbly, and and you're, you're struggling and disconnected. Maybe it dawns on you, you know, that all the excitement you once had about the things of God and the passion that you had, it's just really not there anymore. Do you ever feel like you're drifting away from God? In today's message from Pastor Robert, he teaches us to become aware of drifting away from the Lord. As Christians, drifting is a danger we all face and can happen easily if we aren't paying attention. To avoid this, we need to stay diligent in our walk with the Lord. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in Hebrews chapter 2 with today's message. Hebrews chapter 2. We have been working our way through the New Testament. Last couple of weeks, we've been in the first chapter of Hebrews. We saw in chapter 1 that God has spoken to us. We talked about the fact that the writer of the Hebrews made a couple of assumptions. One is that there is a God, that we all believe that, and also that He has spoken. And that's a significant thing because there, there are so many who believe that He doesn't speak. You know, He's just that God, if there is a God, you know, just an impersonal force. And But Hebrews is is making it clear. No, he's a person. He's a person who communicates. He, he spoke through the prophets in ancient times. More recently, he's spoken to us through his son, Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 1 and Colossians chapter 1, we saw that, you know, the Bible tells us that Jesus is the express image, the visible image of the invisible God. He's the visible image of God's person. And Jesus himself taught us, as we'll see as we go through this, that you know, he was only doing, he, communicating God's heart. He, he, was, he was following instructions from the Father, and he and the Father are one, which tells us that our God is a beautifully loving and merciful and compassionate and holy, righteous, just, awesome God. Hebrews calls Jesus the brightness of God's glory, which it's, that's a sermon in and of itself when you really think about what that communicates to us. He, brightness of God's glory. You know, in the book of Revelation, we're told that we're not going to need sun or moon in heaven. The new earth won't have any of that because Jesus himself is going to light it up. The brightness of God's glory. It also says he's upholding all things by the word of his power. Everything that is held together by the word of his power tells us that he by himself purged our sins, which is important for us to understand because what I find is that many of us are still trying to work on that. 
for him. You know what I mean? I encounter a lot of people that when you start talking to them about church, coming to church, go to church with me, you know, you invite them to church. They're like, yeah, you know, I need to, I need to work some things out first. You know, I got to clean some things up first, or there's some things in my life that I need to deal with before I get back into church or something like that. Missing the whole point that no, 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 no. If you could do it without him, if you could do it, then he didn't have to come. The reason he had to come is that you can't do it. You're not capable of transforming yourself, perfecting yourself, even cleansing yourself. No, he had to do it. He had to come and do it. And so the whole point is you you need him to do it. And, And he did it. He did it. He by himself purged our sins. And then after having accomplished that amazing task, chapter one tells us he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become so much better than the angels, so much better. And the angels, powerful picture of Jesus Christ paying the just penalty for our sins once and for all. And then sitting down, having fully and completely provided for our forgiveness. For anyone who comes and asks, it's there. It's provided. It's all taken care of. It's already been bought, already been paid for. And see, this, this would have been profound and confusing to the Jewish people to whom this letter was written 2,000 years ago. Because when the letter was written, the temple was still standing in the city of Jerusalem. The sacrifices were still being made. You know, that this weekend was, was actually Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. This is the weekend when they would have sacrificed hundreds of thousands of animals to provide that temporary covering, that temporary atonement. It had to be redone, you know, year after year after year after year. They had to kill all those animals there in Jerusalem. And it was still going on. It was still happening because they didn't understand. Even many of the Jewish people who had come to believe that, okay, Jesus of Nazareth is our Messiah. He's our Messiah. But they didn't understand that he was also God in the flesh. He's he's also the payment for our sin once and for all. They didn't get that part. You know, it's like we've talked about. So many people know a lot about God. They know a lot, a lot about Jesus. They haven't met Jesus, though. That was me at one point. I mean, I grew up going to church. I knew a lot about him. I, I, I thought I was a Christian. I'd been baptized when I was like 12, 13 years old, somewhere in there. You know, I prayed a prayer. I sang the songs. I went to church. I learned all this stuff. And I knew a lot about God. But I hadn't met Jesus. I didn't know him. I just knew about him. Well, that's who this letter was written to. A lot of Jewish people that knew a lot about him, but they didn't know him yet. Chapter 2 begins at verse 1 by saying, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him? God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, according to his own will." Stop right there. We're going to back up and talk about this a little bit, and we'll dig into some of it a little more deeply next week. But, But he starts off with that word, therefore. Now, the word therefore always points us backward. It's talking about whatever he just said, right? Therefore, in light of what I have just said, in light of what we have just discussed, we need to give the more earnest heed to the things we've heard, right? So what was he talking about? Well, he was talking about what we just reviewed, the fact that God himself came, Jesus anointed by the Father with the oil of gladness above his companions, is the way he worded it in chapter 1. Made so much higher than the angels. Given a divine inheritance. Called my son by God the Father. 
In light of all of these things, in, in light of the fact that Jesus is God in the flesh, so much better than the angels who had been involved in delivering the law to Moses, delivering the messages to the prophets, so much more than that is our Jesus. And so he says, in light of that, we need to give the more careful heed. We need to, we need to pay attention to what he said. We need to give more careful heed, more earnest heed to the things we've heard. This is, by the way, the first of several warnings we're going to be given in the book of Hebrews. It's the first warning here, not to miss the significance of the fact that the gospel message was, was brought to us by God himself. That's so important. The writer of the Hebrews, he says, don't miss this. Please don't miss this. God came in person to talk to us about this. God came in person to deliver this. Came himself. He didn't delegate it to an angel like he did with the law. No, he put skin on and brought the message of salvation in person, face to face. But see, many of those first century Hebrews were floating right past that fact. Again, they were looking at Jesus as the Messiah, looking at him as a, you know, the, the greatest prophet ever. They didn't understand the full import of what had occurred. And if we're not careful to give this serious thought and consideration, you and I can drift as well. We can drift right on past without grasping everything he's done. It's a danger that we all face, drifting, this idea of drifting. It happens to Christians all the time, in my experience. You see, one day your faith in God seems stable and solid, and and then you wake up and realize it's not stable and solid anymore. As a matter of fact, it's kind of unstable and a little bit weak and wobbly, and and you're, you're struggling and disconnected. Maybe it dawns on you, you know, that all the excitement you once had about the things of God and the passion that you had. It's just really not there anymore. It's like you've kind of fallen out of love with the Lord, so to speak. You're not always talking about him. You're not always looking forward to spending time with him. You think something's changed. You find yourself unable to to really discern God's will and receive the direction from the Holy Spirit like you once did. Maybe you find yourself in the middle of a crisis situation, and, and so you know, you're crying out to God for help and you're not really hearing anything. It's like he's silent. You know, he's not there. He's, he's left you. There's, he's disappointed with you. He's angry with you. I hear that all the time. No, he's, you know, he's not like us. You know, some of us, we get angry and we clam up, right? We get angry with our spouse. And so we give him the cold shoulder for three, four days. And we think God does that. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He's loyal. We're so blessed to be able to bring you messages from the pages of the Bible right here on Main Thing Radio. We hope you'll tune in again. But in the meantime, you can find more teachings from Pastor Robert online at MainThingRadio.com. Listen to more messages there or learn about this program. Before we come to the end of our time with you today, we'd like to ask you to consider partnering with us here at Main Thing Radio. With more, here's Pastor Robert. We could really use your help. And you know, the, well, the Bible says that we partner together. When you support what we're doing in presenting the Word of God and the Gospel of Jesus Christ through the airwaves, we become partners in ministry, and we we could really use some partners. So would you pray about making a donation today? Thanks. God bless you. Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website once more is MainThingRadio.com. Would you also keep us in your prayers? 
We so appreciate your partnership and that you're a part of our valued listening audience. Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio.